Good afternoon and welcome to a wet and windy London on this our 23rd recorded message, primarily for young people and initially, as we've said most weeks, it was planned to help the young people in the area of Shepherd Bush in London, England, have the opportunity to think and to focus and to concentrate on the things of God. Because the problem was that because of COVID, the church has had to shut down much of its work. And we are very thankful that on the 2nd of April, being Good Friday, the church is going to go back physically into the church building. And if you're in London on the 2nd of April, you will be most welcome to join with us. So we're hoping that the young people, the children of Shepherd Bush, are taking the opportunity to listen to these recorded messages to see if they can think further about the things of the Bible, to think further about the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we do hope that you will um, take part in these sessions and you will enjoy them, you'll find them interesting, but most of all, we do hope that you may be caused to think seriously about the things of God and about our relationship with God. Do we have peace with God? Peace with God, so, so important. So we're going to get on, and this week we come to the last of the Ten Commandments, obviously number 10. And it's an interesting one because it has so much to do with today and today's society. So we're just going to change the screen so we can see what's happening. And we're going to look at this one. You shall not covet. You shall not covet. Now, first of all, we need to understand words which are not used very often in today's society for several reasons. One may be because the, the English being used is a little bit old, but also people don't particularly want to speak about coveting because it puts the spotlight on people and the way they think today. Now, what is it to covet? Covet. Now, looked it up in the dictionary, and the dictionary says this, to want to have something very much, especially when something belongs to someone else. Now, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, it talks about our neighbour, not coveting the things of the neighbour. And it goes into a list of all sorts of things that in those days people would really want and really, really want that their neighbour might have had a donkey or a house or whatever it was they would really want. Now, this particular commandment is even more challenging today, if you can think why. It's even more challenging today. One of the reasons is that we live in a very materialistic society. Now, what does that mean? That means that we are encouraged very much, particularly through advertising and through the Internet, to have things and to want things. Now, 10 days ago, I was looking for a new shirt. I wanted a new shirt. I haven't bought it yet, but I wanted a new shirt. 
Now, whenever I go onto the internet now, adverts come up for shirts. So wherever I turn to on the internet, if it's a newspaper or if it's a, um, a website, even, believe it or not, religious websites, some American religious websites, they, they get money through allowing adverts onto their websites. So all of my journey now on the internet is followed by shirts. It doesn't even matter if you then go and buy a shirt because you are still followed by the adverts of shirts until you accept another cookie. And that cookie then brings other things into your internet experience. And there are influencers who try and encourage us to buy all sorts of things which we don't want. Now, one of the dangers also is that we really, really want these things so much and we probably can't afford them. Now, that tempts us to borrow money or maybe in the worst case, it tempts us to steal something. So it's very, very dangerous to get into coveting. Now, Ten Commandments were given so that we would protect ourselves from such things. We wouldn't do what was wrong, and we would do what was right. But don't forget, even if we were perfect and we kept the Ten Commandments completely, and we can't do that, we would still have sin in our hearts. Now, there's a verse, which we'll close this little piece on, which says this. It's found in the book of Hebrews towards the back of the New Testament, chapter 13 and verse 5, and it says this. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, and he's talking about the Lord Jesus, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to encourage us to be thankful for that which we have and to look for him, look to him and for him to provide everything that we really, really need and not to want things and to cover things which we don't particularly need. So we're going to move on. Now we've got something slightly different for you now. We're going to look at a verse in the Bible. Now I've got to find a particular button to press here. I can't find it at the moment. Here we go. Now, when I was younger, and when I used to take the Sunday school, not that many years ago, we used to do what was called hangman. Now, in today's society, probably drawing a drawing of somebody being hung is probably not ideal. So we've changed it a bit, and what's going to happen is that you're going to have seven goes to see whether you can remember this verse in the Bible. We had it just a few weeks ago, and someone now is going to talk us through this little challenge. See how you get on. Okay, so... 
this verse was learnt um, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, so it should be quite fresh in your minds if you've been following us these past few weeks. I'm just going to give you a few letters towards this verse. There we go. So have a look and see if you can work out what it is. I'll give you a few more letters. Has it come to you yet? A few more letters. Has anyone got it yet? Some more letters. If you've got it by now, you've done very well. More letters. Okay, have you got it? So here's the verse. Do you remember it? And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Now I meant to say at the beginning, when we look at the website that um, houses or ho houses this um, presentation for us, this recorded message, it tells us how many people have watched the message or how many people have listen to it and I've got to sort of encourage you really to try and actually watch the recorded message because there are we try and do things which are quite visual now if you're only listening to the recorded message in honesty the last two or three minutes will be pretty meaningless to you because you won't have seen what was happening on the screen so if you can please take the opportunity to actually watch the message we're going to go on with something else now Time for this week's quiz. Here's the first question. These questions are all to do with uh, the, the talk that we had last week. First question, what disease did Naaman suffer from? Did you get it? Leprosy. Next question. Who suggested that Naaman should go to Elisha for healing? Did you get the answer? It was the servant girl who'd been taken captive from Israel. Next question. In what river was Naaman told to wash? And the answer is the River Jordan. Next question. How many times did Naaman have to dip himself 
into the water. Did you remember? It's seven. Next question. What was the name of Elisha's servant? Time's up. Gehazi. Well done if you remembered the answers. Thank you very much indeed. It's good to sort of exercise the brain, isn't it, to remember these things. Now, we have a new speaker for us um, today, and we're going to take forward the um, story of Elisha again um, today. We're going to conclude it today, and hopefully, God willing, next week, I think we're going to move back to the New Testament to think about um, a very, very famous person in the New Testament. Now, I've got to press some buttons here, so please bear with me. You'll hear lots of clicks and lots of things like that, but hopefully it won't be long before we can call up this message, which has been recorded for us. One second. Here we go. Something great that happened in the life of Elisha. Now, Elisha was a great prophet. Do you remember what a prophet is? Well, a prophet was someone that brought down the message of God to the people. And he would normally teach them about how to worship God and how to obey God's laws. And that's what Elisha did. Now, Elisha lived in Dothan. We can see Dothan here on the map. There's another place we're going to be hearing about called Samaria, which is just below. So Elisha lived there in Dothan. And Elisha loved God. He used to spend a lot of time praying and reading his Bible. One of the things that he used to pray about was that God would protect his people, the Israelites, from their fierce enemies, the Syrians. The Syrians were very scary people indeed. And they had a very cruel king called Ben-Hadad. He was a very, very bad man that had spent years fighting the Israelites and he wanted to destroy them. He was such a big bully. Now, Ben-Hadad wanted uh, to do something new and to try and surprise attack the Israelites. So he started to think about all of these plans that would completely crush the Israelites. And so he got his captains and started to plan, plan a surprise attack. Now, one of the things that made him very confident was his army. He had lots and lots of soldiers. And so he thought he was very, very powerful. So he got down to his maps and started to plan his attacks. He, he marked out all the places that the, the Israelites would normally travel and he started to secretly plan how they might trick the Israelites and catch them in an unsuspecting way. Now, he told all of his captains, all of his generals, to keep these things a secret. They were to not tell anyone about what they were going to do. And the whole plan really depended 
on them keeping it a secret. If anyone was to tell the anyone about what they were planning to do, the plan would fail. So it was very important that it was kept secret. Now, while they were planning all of these things, Elisha was all the way back in Dothan, very, very far away. And while he was by his window, he called his servant. He called his servant and he said something strange. He told his servant to go to the king and warn him that the king of Syria was planning a surprise attack on the army of Israel. Elisha was able to explain to this where exactly the Syrians would be waiting. And the only way he knew this was because God had told him. How amazing is that? That God was able to tell Elisha something that he could never have known by himself. Anyway, the servant heard the message. He listened very well. And he made his way to Samaria, where the king was. So he rushed all the way back to Samaria and went to see the king and told the king about the things that Elisha told, told him. He was able to tell him all the places that the Syrians were, hide, were hiding and all the plans that they had. Now the king was very wise. He trusted Elisha. He knew that Elisha was a prophet of God. So he listened and he got his men prepared. And he made sure that no one went near where the Syrians were, were hiding. Now the Syrians didn't know anything about that. They went about their plans and they moved very cautiously to their place where they were waiting. And they hid, waiting for the Israelites to pass by. Remember, that's what they were expecting. But you, do you know something? They waited and they waited, but nothing. The Jews never turned up. The Israelites never turned up. Now the captains of the army went back to Ben-Hadad and they told him what had happened, that nothing really had happened. And Ben-Hadad thought, that's very, very strange. Why didn't they cross? Why didn't they uh, come by? They normally come by. Anyway, he decided to make a new plan, making sure this time that hardly anyone knew the details of the plan. So it was kept very, very secret. So again, they went back to another hiding spot, waiting for the Jews to pass by, making sure that they were very hidden. But again, the Israelites never turned up. Do you know how, do you know why they didn't turn up? That's right, it's because Elisha had told them about all the plans of the Syrians. Elisha was told by God. So the plans of the Syrians failed again and the king of Syria was mad. Then Hadad was absolutely furious. And he was demanding answers. How could they know these things? There is a traitor in our camp. Surely someone has been telling our secrets. The captains were all very scared and all the soldiers were scared. But there was one that came up and said, 
He knew about the prophet Elisha, that there was nothing hid from Elisha, that all the secrets he was able to find out, why he knew everything that was going on, even before it happened. He even knew the things that the king spoke in his secret places. Now, this was most extraordinary. How amazing and how incredible that someone could know that kind of information. Now, let's stop there for a moment. God sees into all of our hearts. He sees into all of our lives. The Bible says that he is sovereign. Now, that's a very big word, but that just means that God is ruler over everything. He rules and he sees into everyone's lives and he knows all the things they do. So he sees into your life and he knows everything that you do. Can I ask you, if God looked at your life, would he be happy? If he saw the naughty things, would he be pleased? Think about that. Anyway, back to our story. Ben Hadad heard about this Elisha and he wondered. He realized that Elisha was the way that the Israelites were finding out all of these things. So he thought to himself, he had better capture Elisha. And he told his servant to go find out where Elisha lived. And they found out that he lived in Dothan. So they told the king. And the king decided to get his army prepared to go to Dothan to capture Elisha. And they went to Dothan. Now, the sad thing is, in Dothan, there wasn't many Israelite soldiers there protecting that city. And the next morning, when the servant of Elisha looked out the window, he saw a terrible sight. He saw all the soldiers surrounding the city. And he was scared. He was absolutely scared, terrified. Wouldn't you be terrified if you knew that all of your enemies, all of those people that want to hurt you, were all around where you lived? And they were big and strong, and they had all of the, these scary equipment that they would use to kill them. And they were all over the place. And the servant was terrified. He looked at Elisha and he said, what are we going to do? And Elisha, strangely, looked very calm. He wasn't scared. How strange that he was so calm in such a situation like this. You see, Elisha was going to show the servant, his servant that if you love God, then you don't have to be scared in life. You don't have to be worried. Even if terrible things are happening around you, God always looks after his people. Anyway, so Elisha, him trusting God, asked God to open the eyes of the servant. And the servant's eyes were open. Now, when he looked back out, he saw the most incredible sight beyond the mountains, behind the Syrians, was the army of God. It was full of horses and chariots of fire standing ready to defend Elisha, standing ready to defend Elisha and his servant. 
It was a most incredible sight. The Syrians had no chance against such an army. But here's the thing. Elisha didn't even need them. Elisha walked out to this army of Syria and he prayed to God that all of these Syrians would be made to made blind. That God would cause them to see nothing. And so all the soldiers of the Syrian army became blind. And they didn't know where they were going. And Elisha did something, another strange thing. He told them to follow him. That might seem very strange, but what choice did they have? They couldn't, uh, they couldn't see where they were going. They didn't know what to do. So they followed him. And Elisha brought them, you know where? He took them to Samaria, where the king of Israel was. Now, when they got there, they were completely surrounded by the, the army of Israel. There was no chance that they could face with the army of Israel. Ben Hadar looked out and he, he was amazed. He thought, what an opportunity to destroy my enemies, to destroy these bullies, these people that wanted to kill us. Now, now the king of Israel was very wise. He realized that he would need to ask God first through Elisha about whether he should kill all of those um, those Syrians. So he asked him, and he received a very surprising answer. God told Elisha to tell him not to kill the Syrian army. Instead, they were to be fed. He was to give them food, and that's exactly what he did. So instead of punishing these Syrian army, who were very cruel, instead of destroying them, the people of Israel were kind to them. The king was kind to them. Elisha was kind to them. God was kind to them. And they were told to go back to their king, Ben-Hadad, and to go home safely. What an amazing thing that they received so much kindness and mercy. They were able to go back and tell their people and, and Ben-Hadad and ben about the power and wisdom and mercy of the God of Israel. And so they went back. This was an incredible thing that had happened in the life of Elisha. And his servant learned many things that day. I wonder what you've learned today, hearing this wonderful story. Well, I certainly hope you've learned that God protects his people. He always protects those who love God. And, though, and he always delivers them from trouble and any difficulty that they have. God is always there for them. And the servant of Elisha understood that. Then there was the faith that Elisha had in the Lord. He, he had such faith in, in the confidence of God's power. He was confident that God would look after him, that God was more powerful than the army of Syria. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is more powerful than everyone else? I hope you do, because I do. Here's the wonderful thing. God is still the same today. He continues to protect his people. 
And if you love him, if you trust him, he will protect you. And that is the question, boys and girls. Do you love God? Are you a Christian? Because this promise of God's protection is only for those people that love him and those people that have been forgiven. Everyone else doesn't, don't, doesn't want help from God. So God won't, will not always protect them. He will protect those people that have come to him and have asked him to be their savior and have asked for forgiveness. And I hope you've done that. You know, there's an important passage in the Bible in Roman, R Romans, which says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Do you understand that? If God is your friend, is there anything that can be against you? Even the most terrible bullies in the world, even the worst things in life are nothing compared to the power of God and the love that he has for his people. And I hope you will remember that. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll see you next time. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, so we come to the end. Again, thank you very much for listening to us. Just a, um, one small point. We've noticed recently that the numbers have dropped off um, quite considerably recently. So if you've had any friends who maybe you know have stopped listening or stopped watching, then please just remind them. Or if you have any friends who you think could gain benefit from looking at these messages, then, then please do. It would be great to see some more people showing an interest in the word of God. We're going to close in prayer now. Oh, Lord, our God, we do thank you, Lord God, that we can come before the true and the living and the great and mighty God. And Lord God, we do thank you that we can know that great God through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can have peace with that great and living God. Lord, bless us. Watch over us, Lord God. Keep us safe, we do pray. Continue with us, Lord God, until we meet again on these recorded messages, we do pray. And we would ask these things in your son's holy name. Amen. Okay, so take care. We look forward to hopefully you um, tuning in again next week. Um, we're going to be into the New Testament and we've got some other things to look at. If you want to make contact with us and you are more than welcome there are some ways of making contact with us there. So thank you very much indeed. Take care. God bless you.